0: morning, friends. How are you? Good? We have to talk a little bit because there's less of us. I assume everyone's coming at 1130 because they're just staying up late tonight. So that's why they're sleeping in, and that's why they're not here. But, you know, uh, the Bible does tell us that narrow is the road for those who come to church when it's 17 degrees. And wide is it that those that stay in bed, right? So there, that's, it's Scripture speaking loudly and clearly. It is normally a lowly a low attended Sunday, New Year's Eve, and uh, I did ask for it. This isn't like Tim taking the pastor holidays, you know what I mean? Like some pastors take some holidays off, like Memorial Day, July 4th weekend, Labor Day. they're the ones that you know, we always have the youth pastor speaking that day, <laughs> and it's because the pastor's like, no one's going to be here anyways, but I did, I asked him, I, I, like, I like this day, and it is, uh, I've asked, for, I rarely ask for things from, from him, so uh, I'm third kid, and that's probably why, even if I asked for things, I didn't get them, so uh, I rarely ask for things, so when I do, people are like, okay, Caleb, I'll let you do that, that's why if I say to my wife, hey, let's go get this, she's like, okay, you never say that, I think that's why she married me. Um, So uh, I did ask for it. I like it because I feel like it's New Year's Eve. We're already thinking about next year anyways, right? Like, I I don't think many people wake up, and no offense, I'm part of this group, not many people wake up on a Sunday thinking about Ephesians chapter 2. And it's like, I wonder, are they going to say anything about Ephesians 2 today? It's like, guess what we are. Um, That's not the case. But uh, this one Sunday a year, either the last Sunday of the year or the first one, everyone's already kind of thinking about the same thing, right? We're thinking about what? Next year. Right? We're thinking about what's going on next year. We, uh, and I love this, time. Maybe we call them our New Year's resolutions, right? Everyone's thinking about the things they want to do next year. Like, I want to save money next year. I would love to have a little bit of money at the end of the month that I didn't spend. That would be an incredible thing. I would just like, I could buy shoelaces if I need them because I have the money. That would be wonderful. Some people are wanting to uh, lose weight, right? I worked at a gym all through high school and college. You can tell by the way I'm built. Um, uh, I worked at a gym, and we were never as busy as we were from January 1st to spring break. We were packed every year, swarmed. And then, you know, people had to take off because of spring break. They were traveling, and they just never came back. Um, so people are out here, they're thinking about 2018. You know, I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to get healthy. Yeah, do it. right? Some people, you want to read more? Any of you out there, like, uh, next year I want to read more? I am always begin that way, and then by, like, March, I'm like, I'll just watch movies with the subtitles, and now it's good for me. I'm good. That's me reading, and I'm way entertained. People are, I hear things like, I want to be present this year. Like, I I want to be able to put my phone down and be present. I want to love bigger. I want to let things go. I don't want to sweat the small stuff in 2018. And I feel like everything I've heard and all of social media is like, 2017 was the worst. I'm just so ready to leave it behind and I'm ready for... 2018, that's what we're ready for. Forget. And I'm like, didn't I just see that on Twitter last year where 2016 was the worst? I just can't wait to leave it behind. Like, did you see who we elected? Did you see who uh, we actually, like, I just to leave everything behind. I went to, and I'm like, yeah, come on. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna reflect on 2017, and I want you to pick two good things that happened to you. Because every year has, has lows, yes, but it does have highs. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of two good things that happened to you this year, And I want you to turn to somebody and tell them you exchange at least one of them. One thing that from 2017 happened, you're like, I'm happy that this happened. It was a good thing. And if you don't want to talk to anyone, if you want to be that guy, uh, you know, you can write it down on the little thing in front of you. That's okay. But everyone has to participate. You have 30 seconds. Ready? This is not a stopwatch. Go. Go. Permission to talk in church. Hey, Matt. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You can play it You got 10 more seconds. 10 more seconds. This is so fun. Look at us talking. I love it. I love this because most New Year's resolutions are made because we look back at 2017 and the things that we did and we didn't like, so we're like, we got to fix these problems. So I like to think about things that we had. My year had highs and lows, some of my highs. um, The things I'll remember, uh, I've I've shared a little bit about my uh, struggles with anxiety, and it was all triggered by flying, which was crazy. I've flown everywhere, places my whole life, and three years ago, just uh, got crushed with it and haven't been able to do anything go anywhere with my family or anything, and in October of this year, I did it. Got on a plane, and I took a vacation with my family, and uh, it was a massive, massive deal, and so that's like the peak of my, yeah, yeah, I did it in your face, uh, Sky. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it was awesome. Uh, it was great. Uh, I did, uh, yeah, I was even looking out the window. I was like, look at that. Look at the rivers. Uh, Anyways, um, it was great. Yeah, I did that. My daughter Rosalind started pre-K, which she loves and is, I learned, super embarrassed to me because she won't even say bye when I drop her off. I humiliate her. She's five. That's happening. Um, My son Wallace, uh, he's 16 months old, Uh, his high this year, he accomplished climbing every surface in my house. That's what he can do. That was his high of this year. Uh, even just two nights ago, he dove right out of his crib. That's how I woke up. <clears throat> it was awesome. And then he stuck his hand in a mousetrap. Good day. Okay. <clears throat> oh, man. My, uh, my wife got to cross an item off of her vision board. Uh, she's a planner. Uh, she has a vision board, and she got to cross a big one off that had been on there for like four years. Big high this year. I coach football. Our, our team went farther than uh, we ever have in the playoffs. It was a good time. Uh, had some memorable moments, right, highs. Now our year also had lows, and I feel like that's what we often think about at the end of the year, like, like, oh, that's what we're ready to leave behind. I'm not going to have you share those with people, because that's not fun, um, but uh, my year had lows, too. Uh, didn't get some opportunities that, oh, I really, really wanted. Um, right after traveling uh, with my wife, I came back, and I felt like I've, I've beaten my anxiety, and it was awesome, and then three weeks later, um, I got slammed really, really bad. Had a couple really, really bad days. Couldn't couldn't get, up, couldn't get around, and it, it crushed me. And so I had this, like, realization, like, okay, small victory, small steps, day at a time, um, and then able to move on from that. Um, my wife and I, we, we talk a lot about uh, failure in our house. We, she's like, we, we learn from failure. Failure makes us better. We grow from it. Failure is a good thing. And so I was talking to her this week, and I was like, I feel like I got a lot of lows. I can list them because I can find out where we failed. And she's like, yeah, but isn't that exciting to figure out what we can do better? And I was like, for you. Um, uh, a lot lows. But that's, that's what our year does, right? It has highs and lows. And then, and then sometimes our year has uh, lowest of lows. And um, just uh, two weeks ago, three days before Christmas, uh, I had to be a pallbearer um, because uh, two boys that I coach were sitting at a stop sign and were hit by a drunk driver and they were killed. Um, and And I was reminded about how our decisions that we make can wreck families and communities. And My heart has ached unlike it has um, maybe before a couple of other times in my whole life. And so 2017's had incredible highs, um, normal lows, and uh, lowest of lows for me as I had to bury um, two wonderful young boys um, who should be here today. Um, But that's what this time of year does to us. It makes us think back, and it makes us, for moments like that low, makes us want to leave it behind right? And and those highs moments, those highest of highs, it makes them want to remember those and write them down and be like, remember 2017? That's the year I got back on a plane and it was awesome. I can do anything now. Anything, anything, anything. That's what the year does. It makes us think back and reflect and do these things. And so I can't tell you for certain what your 2018 will look like, but I do know a few things about it, okay? Your 2018 will be a fun year. It will be an exhausting year It will be busy. It'll have seasons of sickness and seasons of health. It will be an expensive year. It will be a scary, exhilarating year. That's what I know about your 2018. So to sit here and to plan all these things, it's kind of hard. I don't know everything for sure, but I actually can tell you how you'll spend most of your year. The statistics on that actually exist. Do you want to know them? I hope you do, because that's what's next in my notes. Um, In 2018, the average American we'll spend 2,444 hours at work. That equates, okay, there's 365 24-hour days, in case you've never been to school, um, 365 24-hour days. So we will spend over 101 of those days at work. So full 24 hours, 101 days, you'll be working, okay? So that's, we're, we're down to you know 265. Okay, we will spend, the average American, 2,482 hours asleep. Now, the average American gets 6.8 hours of sleep a night, which isn't enough. Now, some of you out there are like, uh, that equates to uh, 103 days. You will just be asleep. Now, some of you out there will be like, I'm only going to be asleep 91 of those days. To you, I would say, stop doing that. Um, but some of you are like, only 6.8 hours? I'm a nine-hour-a-night guy. Like, I haven't seen 11 p.m. in a long time, friends, and I love it. So, um, So you will spend over 103 days asleep. So we're up to over 200 of your 365 days at work or asleep. How does that make you feel? You're running out of time for 2018. This is the good one. You will eat. Eat. Now, I'm not talking about sitting at the restaurant after you've ordered. That doesn't count. Like, from the time you walk into Chili's and you wait 45 minutes because you're like, everyone wants to go to Chili's. What am I doing here? Um, And not that time. The time you're actually, you know, sticking the burger in your mouth and eating it and wondering... Should have ordered a salad. Like that time, like the time you're chewing food or breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, eating a bag of chips, you know, drinking coffee, water, bubble tea, whatever you like to do, you hipsters, Um, whatever you're consuming, you will consume food or beverage for 408 hours this year or for 17 complete days you will eat this year. You're going to think about that next time you're eating a bag of chips watching TV. You're going to be like, I can take an hour off of this. <laughs> you know, put the Pringles away. you're um, 17 days you're gonna be eating in 2018. That makes me feel awful. You will be on your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting because now we gotta do age brackets, right? So you will be on your phone on average of about 4.5 hours per day. Now the millennial me, us, somebody this row right here. <laughs> you will be on your phone upwards of five. Now I didn't believe the statistic. I was like, that's literally insane. So I looked up 12 different statistics, and they all said between 4.1 hours and 5.2 hours. And I spent like 45 minutes researching, I was like, this can't be true. And I'm like, well, I've been on my phone looking this up for an hour. <laughs> This is ridiculous. We will be on our phone talking to someone, texting somebody, on social media, looking stuff up on the internet for over four, let's just, let's just shrink it down just to make you feel better about yourself. For four hours a day, which equals 1,460 hours per year, you will spend 61 full days staring at your phone this year. That's crazy. I was watching Seinfeld like I always do, and they're sitting at monks, you know, having funny conversations. And I'm like, "This is great." And then that show ended, and uh, a little bit of Friends started, where they're sitting at you know a coffee house talking. And I was like, "Oh, that doesn't exist anymore." You know, I was like, "We actually have to schedule coffee appointments to interact with people because we're just too, you know, right now. That's crazy. 61 entire days you will be on your phone. Um, this one isn't so bad. You will spend um, watching TV, uh, Netflix, Hulu, whatever you pay for. That's not cable. Um, entertainment, movies, or whatever, you'll spend 730 hours staring at another screen of some sort. That equals 31 days. So between uh, entertainment that you watch, your phone, eating, sleeping, and working, that takes up 312 of your days next year. So I do know what you'll spend a little bit of your time doing in 2018. The question is, what do we do with our 1,200 hours that remain? We have 53 days worth of time that are left, that aren't already committed to the things that we are probably going to do. If this is where our New Year's resolutions come in, right? Okay, I got 1,200 hours. I'm gonna exercise for all of them because I'm gonna eat for 31 days. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta exercise. That's where we come at. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna turn Netflix off. I'm gonna open a book, and I'm gonna read. I wanna be present. I'm actually going to put my stinking phone down, shave some time off. I want to be present with the community that I actually have. That's why we have these resolutions, right? We do things like I want to I want to learn new things in my little bit of extra time. I want to learn something new. I want to accomplish a goal. I want to earn more money. I want to, you know, save more. I want to do these things. All of these things are good things. My wife and I are kind of crazy about pushing and growing. Like it's, It dominates the conversation in our house. It dominates the conversation with our five-year-old. How are we growing? How, are we, how can we push ourselves to do more, bigger? We want to have stratospheric success in our business so that we can have stratospheric impact for the kingdom. People will listen to people. If you're doing pushing harder, it's all we talk about. It consumes us. So this is not a message to, that's good and ready to tell you. All of your resolutions are bad. Just love God. That's not what's coming. Okay, I just want to prep you. That's what we hear a lot on these days. Like, Just love God with the other 53 days. Like, I understand things are going to happen. Most of your year is booked right now. I get that. All of the things you want to do, read, exercise, eat healthier, save money, grow your business, earn more money, all those things are good, good things. And I want you to do all of them. I'm a coach. That's kind of what I, I want you to crush it this year. I just want you to remember one thing. We're going to go real simple today. Matthew 6, verse 33. Put that back away, will you? But first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then what? What things? All, all of these things will be given to you as well. That verse doesn't say seek only. So you haven't failed if you want to accomplish other things this year. It just says seek only. First, if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Genesis chapter 39. You can flip over there or use your phone if you want to add to your list. You've still got some time in 2017. There's a story about a man named Joseph. I love this guy. I love this character, Joseph, in the Bible. You want to talk, look, your 2018 is going to have highs, lows, and a lot of business, right? And I'm sitting here to tell you to seek first the kingdom of God. Here's the story of Joseph, a man who had highs, lows, and a lot of busyness. He needed a lot of things. Joseph was born to a man named Jacob, and he was uh, Jacob's favorite son, which is never a good thing when you have a favorite son, but this is where we are. In fact, he's such a favorite, he gives him a big coat, and it's got a lot of colors on it, right? It's a really bright coat. And his other brothers get really mad that Jacob gave Joseph this coat. And they're like, where, where's our coat? And, and he's like, well, check this out, guys. And then Joseph, being the younger brother and not very smart one, he's like, not only do I have this cool coat, guys, but I had this crazy dream where all of you guys were bowing down to me. Isn't that wild? And they're like, yeah. And then everyone's like, we're going to kill that kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Joseph leaves. And at one point, Jacob sends Joseph off to check on his brothers because they were taking care of some sheep, as you did in the Bible seems like, and um, he goes to check on them and they've just had enough. They're like, when Joseph gets here, we're, we're going to kill him. I'm so tired of everything dad says being about Joseph and him showing, if he's wearing that coat, I swear if he wears that coat here, we're literally going to kill him. You know, it's like a letter jacket before they were that letter jacket from dad, <laughs> which isn't cool by the way. So he shows up and there he is in his bright colored coat. And I'm like, that's it. They have it. They plan to literally kill him. And they grab him, and they rip his jacket off. They're like, you can't have this coat, like, which is such a petty thing to do. Um, and they throw him in this pit, and they're like, there he will be, eaten alive by animals, or he'll starve to death. And then one of the brothers is like, as he's down in the pit, they're walking away, high five, and they're like, ooh, are we really going to kill him? Like, that's a big deal for a coat. That's a, big, that's a lot of jealousy. And they're like, we can't actually kill him. No. And they see some traders coming along, which, of course, and they get Joseph out, and they actually sell him to these traders for a few few dollars, and uh, Joseph is gone, and he goes along his way, and he, they take his jacket, they put some animal's blood on it, and they give it back to Jacob, and Jacob weeps for days for his son, Joseph, he thinks has been killed by an animal. Joseph arrives in Egypt, and he's sold to a man named Potiphar, okay, these are some crazy names, but Potiphar is the captain of the palace guard to Pharaoh, okay, this is where the story picks up, let's go to Genesis 39, verse 2, 39, verse 2, turn back the page, it says the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in, the eyes of, in his eyes and became his attendant. So he's moving up. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the fields. So he left in Joseph's care, everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Here's Joseph, right? Going, riding high, getting the coat. It's a good part of the year. Boom, throwing down. He finds himself in a pit sold into slavery, and what's the first thing he does? He seeks the Lord, and it says the Lord was near to Joseph. Now, the Lord doesn't draw near unless we, what, seek him out. And the Lord was with him, and the Lord takes his low, and he turns it into a high, a best of a bad situation. Now Joseph is running everything in Potiphar's house. So now he's had lows, he has highs, and now he's got a lot of work to do. Joseph's work gets busy. He's in charge of everything that Potiphar owns, has in the field, out in the field, in the house, outside of the house, and he's got a lot of stuff. He's the right-hand man of Pharaoh. Joseph's got a busy, lots of responsibilities, and the one thing that remains constant through the highs and the lows and the busyness of Joseph's life is that he continues to seek the Lord, and the Lord blesses him and is with him because he seeks him first. See, it's almost like something, there should be a verse that says, seek me first, and then all these things will be given to you. He seeks him first. Now, success, that might not look like our idea of success and probably not what Joseph wanted, but it was the Lord's will for him. Now, Joseph had a problem. He was a good-looking dude, which sometimes is no good. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke, says the balding, one-eyed guy. Potiphar's wife is interested in this Joseph man. It says he was a very attractive young man. So Potiphar's wife, Potiphar's gone a lot. And she's like, hey, you should come leave with me. And he's like, uh uh-uh, can't do that. No, 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 no. And uh, this goes on for a while. And Potiphar's wife keeps coming on to Joseph and coming on to Joseph and coming on to Joseph. And he keeps resisting. He's like, it's a sin against my God. It's a sin against Potiphar. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And there one day, he's in there, and she basically is like, now's the time. Now's the time. And he's like, I got to turn and go, turn and go. And she grabs his jacket, and he runs away. And then she starts claiming that Joseph tried uh, to rape her. And, and everything Falls apart, and I'm sitting there wondering, did Joseph ever wear a jacket again? Stop wearing coats, dude! <laughs> Stop wearing coats. Why? It's Egypt. Why are you wearing a coat? It's a desert, and everything. I'm going to go to Egypt. What coat do I want? Joseph's got to quit wearing jackets. She's like, look, I have his jacket. He tried to do this. Potiphar finds out. He's furious. Genesis 39. Skip down to verse 20. It says, I if I can find it, there it is. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, here it is again, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. He has a high, back to a low. He seeks the Lord. He brings him out of the low. Now he's running the whole prison and he's really busy again. He's got another big, busy job. He's running the whole prison. And the ward didn't even look after him because he's like, he's seeking the Lord and the Lord is blessing him. It says, back, fact, he blessed him in everything he did. He has lows, he has highs, and he has busyness. And he seeks the Lord and the Lord is with him and the Lord blesses him and it touches everything that he does. Maybe we ought to seek the Lord first. He's in jail and these two people come in jail and they have these crazy dreams. And they ask, Joseph is, Joseph's like, I actually know what those dreams mean. I can tell you about them. So he does, and he tells them what they mean, and they both come true. One guy gets out, and the other guy ends up uh, all kinds of dead, and it was a bad deal. And, uh, and the guy who gets out is the, right, is the cupbearer to the king, and Joseph's like, hey, or to Pharaoh. He's like, could you tell Pharaoh that I'm in here and that I shouldn't be, and that I told, what I told you was true? And the guy's like, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And uh, two years go by, and he forgets that he's there. And Joseph is sitting in j- jail for two more years, having done nothing wrong. One night, Joseph, or, Pharaoh has a dream. He's sleeping in bed and he has this crazy dream that there's these seven fat cows eating and these seven scrawny cows come out from the fields and eat the fat cows. And Pharaoh wakes up and he's like, I must have had a bad burger. And he goes back to sleep. He goes back to sleep. He's like, that was crazy. Then he has a dream that there's these seven healthy stalks of grain and they're all thriving. And then these seven withered stalks of grain that have been destroyed by the wind and all these storms come through and they consume the healthy stalks. And he wakes up, and he's like, "That was that deja vu, but cows and wheat? Uh, uh, uh. And he's like, i got to find out what this means. So he summons the wise men and the magicians, and he's like, I cows, and they're eaten by cows, and there's are seven grains, and they're eaten by seven grains. What does it mean? And they're like, I don't know, not a clue. And the cupbearer is sitting there like, I think I, there's this guy. I was supposed to tell you about him just a couple years ago. Uh, my fault, my fault. <laughs> uh, he told us about our dreams, and he was right. I'm here, and the other guy was all kinds of dead, just like he said. And Pharaoh's like, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring it to me. And Joseph shows up, and Pharaoh tells him the dream. And Joseph's like, yeah, there's going to be seven years, the seven cows and the seven stalks. They represent seven years of abundance of food. Like we're going to have plenty, more than we could ever need. And then for seven years, we're not going to have, we're going to have nothing. Everything's going to be dried up. Everything's going to be destroyed. A lot of people are going to die. Everything's going to go away. Okay. See you later, Pharaoh. He's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You stay right here. And The cupbearer's like, I told you. He knows his stuff. Let's go to Genesis uh, chapter 41. Go to verse 38. 38. So he tells Pharaoh what's going on. Then Pharaoh says it. So Pharaoh asked them, the people, the officials, Can we find anyone like this man, Joseph, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. This is crazy. This story is, doesn't make any sense. it in the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put gold chains around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and men shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without you, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all of Egypt. Skip down to verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. And for seven years, he collected the grains and he stored it. And he was in charge of gathering everything from the entire land of Egypt. And he put it in storehouses and he kept marks of, here's how much we have until there was so much grain they couldn't keep track anymore. And then the famine started and wiped everything out. And nobody in all of Egypt or the surrounding area, got one bite to eat without first coming to the feet of Joseph and Joseph figuring out how much do you have to offer? This will feed you for this long. Come back to us in six months. You can get the rest. He was in charge of everyone's food for seven years. You're gonna have lows and you're gonna have highs and you think your work's busy. I can tell you about a guy and he sought the Lord first and the Lord was with him. And the Lord blessed him in everything that he did because in the highs and in the lows and in the lowest of lows and while he was still forgotten, he sought the Lord. So much so that the Pharaoh said, I've never seen anyone with the presence of God on him like this man. And all he did was seek the Lord. All he did was seek the Lord. Did he do anything great, grand to get these positions? He sought the Lord and the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, we now have somebody who... He's falling after God in charge of everything, everything, everything. Because he sought the Lord. Eventually his brothers run out of food and they end up coming down to Egypt and bowing at the feet of Joseph. And he's like, oh, I had a dream about this once, deja vu. And they don't recognize Joseph, but he recognizes them. So he kind of plays some mind games with them. He like, sends them back and then they come back again. They get his little brother and come back again. Anyways, he, he, he breaks down at the end. And he's like, I can't, I can't anymore. I just, I'm Joseph, it's me. And he weeps and he kisses them and he forgives them. And he says, bring dad here. And so he brings Joseph and Jacob and his entire family and all of his brothers and all of his kids and all of their wives and he, all their cattle and everything they had. And they brings them to Egypt and, the, and Pharaoh gives them the best place in all of Egypt. The greatest place they could have in all of Egypt. He said, you will live here and you will have anything that you need. I wonder if Joseph got them coats. I don't know if that's yeah. petty or not. But. That's what they all... That's how they all. You know how Israelites wound up in Egypt. You know why they made the movie *Prince of Egypt*? Because you know they threw him in a pit. That's a whole nother message. Joseph had highs, lows. He had a lot of work to do. He had family issues. <laughs> he had legal problems. He needed a lot of things. Joseph needed to forgive. He needed to succeed in whatever he did in order to escape where he was. He needed to provide for everyone on the known earth. And he needed to be rescued time and time again. But the first thing he did over and over and over was seek God. And God drew near to him. I want you, hear me say it again, to so badly, like I, it's, The coach in me it's my personal i want you so badly to do everything you want to do this year i want you to crush it this year if you want to read cancel netflix and pick up books learn something if you want to be more present then put your phone on do not disturb that button exists and be present with the community around you okay you want to exercise you want to get healthy order broccoli knowing the fries taste better crush it you want to make a lot of money grow your business Work your tail off this year. Get it. You want some encouragement? Call me. I want you to crush it this year. Get after it. Do it. You want to to spend time in relaxation? Then step away. We live in Oklahoma. We're filled with wide open areas. Go be alone. Step away. Whatever you want to do this year, I want you to do it. This is not a message about not doing. I want you to crush everything you want to do this year. Knock it out of the park. Just seek first the kingdom of God. There's a lot of people that belong to Jesus that aren't near to him. Please don't let, that would crush me if that was you. That kills me when that's me, and that's often. Seek first the kingdom of God. So how can I do that? How can I make this very practical? I don't know, but I wonder what our 2018 would look like if we did that. If you wanted to accomplish everything you wanted to and you got after it, but what if in the midst of all that, you sought God first? What if you gave God your first 15 minutes? Let's just get super practical. What if you set your alarm for 15 minutes earlier? Let's say you didn't even have to get out of bed. We know we're going to be on our phone for 61 days anyways. What if you opened your app and you gave God 15 minutes? It takes, on average, three minutes to read a chapter of the Bible. There's a plan on an app that's created for you that if you give 15 minutes, you can read the entire Bible in a year. 15 minutes a day, the whole book. Now, have you ever had moments when you're spending time in scripture or somebody's reading scripture and God speaks to you and you're like, wow. What do you think your year would look like if you hid the whole word of God in your heart in a year? What do you think he would reveal to you if the whole book Hits your brain and your heart and was on your lips. What in the world kind of impact do you think you could have in your home, your community, in your business, in your life if you had the whole book done? And that takes 15 minutes a day. Don't say you don't got the time. I know you got 53 days left. What kind of impact could that happen? The whole book in 15 minutes a day. Okay, oh, I'll by miss Day day, sometimes that's too hard. Okay, uh, there's a man named Billy Graham who is arguably one of the greatest people ever walked this earth. Heaven will stop when he goes home. He is a uh, modern-day Paul, and he was reaching people at thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and the man was burdened because he goes, what are we doing for them when they leave these services where they give their hearts to the Lord? And so they came up with this idea of seven minutes if you just give God seven, if 15 minutes is two, or think, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year, I, I would never do that, I'm not disciplined. What if you gave God seven minutes? You read one chapter, takes three minutes of the seven, and four minutes to reflect and pray. Billy Graham, who knows something about something, said if you give God seven minutes a day, three to read a chapter of the Bible, four to reflect and pray, he said, that will change a man and a woman in an entire nation if they just gave God seven minutes with one chapter and one prayer for seven minutes. What do you think this church could look like if we just sought God first with our first seven minutes? What do you think that could happen? I think a lot. I think we might do that thing that we talk about all the time. We might see this uh, city flipped upside down in the name of Jesus. That's what we might see. If you could read the whole Bible in 15 minutes, goodness gracious, what could God do if you gave him 30? 30? what could he do? What if before your kids went to school, you said a prayer with them? Or if you don't have time for that, as they walked in, you said a prayer for them? What if before you went to bed at night, you gave God your tomorrow and thanked him for today? What could happen? I want you to do everything you want to do. I want you to knock this year out of the park. It doesn't say seek only the kingdom. You can do everything else you want to do. But friends, I believe that if we are a church that seeks Him first, I believe we could see God do things the Bible tells us we wouldn't believe it, even if He told us. Amen. Let's seek Him first, Lord Jesus. We give you this day. We give you this morning, and we give you this year, Father. It doesn't have, we don't have to make this too complicated, too crazy, Lord. I just I pray for our 15 minutes. God, what if we had the whole Word hit our brain and hit our heart? What could You do in our lives? What if we gave you seven? What could you do in us and through us? God, I believe you could do, just as your word says, you could do more than we could ever imagine, guess a request. God, you would do things so great in the city, we wouldn't believe it even if you told us. So I pray for this church, this community. I pray for our next year that we're gonna have highs, yes. We're gonna have lows and we're gonna be busy. But in the midst of all of it, may we give you our first. Because you deserve our first. May we continually seek you, your name and your face and may your kingdom be advanced by what you do in and through us this year. That's our prayer, King Jesus. May we leave this room a little bit differently than the way we walked in. It's in your name we pray, amen.